0: and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about love. I know that Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and whether you celebrate it or not, the Bible absolutely has a ton to say about love. And before I get started, I want to just quickly recommend three things. If you don't listen to one more word that I say, please go listen to these things. First of all, a sermon by Nona Freeman, who was a missionary to Africa for many years. It's called Deficient Love. You can find it on YouTube. I'll link to it in the show notes. She is so incredibly convicting, and in that, she references something by Amy Carmichael called If it's a little book you can buy it on Amazon you can find some quotes from it online I've heard Elizabeth Elliot reference it many times over the years it is so convicting and she just really calls you to love like Jesus loved to lay down your life for others and and refers over and over to Calvary love it is very powerful very convicting and then lastly I would like to recommend a sermon series by my pastor Pastor Han who taught a series called The Trademarks of a Disciple. And again, I will link to all three of these in the show notes and on the website. The world has a lot to say about love in addition to the Word of God having a lot to say about love. And last week we talked about the fall of humanity when we did the Bible overview, how when Adam and Eve chose their will, their way over God's way, and exercise the power of choice, man fell, and in that fall, there was this bending inward that happened. We became self-centered, we became self-seeking, self-promoting. We are consumed with ourselves naturally, and the world is so quick to talk about self-love and self-care, and again, we should care for ourselves to a certain extent, but God calls us to a higher standard. He calls us to, first of all, love him, second of all, to love others. And we do love others as we love ourselves, so there has to be a certain amount of love for ourselves, but we have to keep those in the correct priority, in the correct order. In Matthew 22, we read this. It says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So Jesus says the greatest commandment in all of the word of God is first of all to love God with everything that you have, every shred of every speck, every fiber of your being, and secondly, to love others like you love yourself. And this is so not natural to our flesh. This is not natural to our human nature. We have to fight the current of our flesh, and we have to fight the current of our world to truly love as God loves. And so I just have a few quick points today. First of all, we have to properly define love. If you read First Corinthians 13, you will see in this was such a revelation for me a number of years ago there's more love does not than there are love does love is a restraining of our flesh it says love vaunteth not itself is not puffed up does not behave itself unseemly is not easily provoked thinketh no evil there's more negative qualities that paul lists about love than there are positive qualities about love And love is a decision to promote the good and the well being of another over myself. So there's this restraint of my flesh, restraint of my natural tendencies and desires, but then there is also an active care and concern for others that requires action. So love does and love does not. James, in his little book in the New Testament, called love the royal law. Law or love is the law of the kingdom. Paul wrote in Romans that love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's in Romans 13, 10. And so we have to define love how God defines love. Love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Sometimes there are emotions and feelings associated with love, but those alone are not love. Love is when, again, I control myself for your well-being. I say no to myself for your well-being. I say no to myself so I can obey God and honor his word. Secondly, love is proof that we are a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He doesn't say if you do this or you don't do this. He just says, if you love one another, that's proof that you are my disciple. I would encourage you to read the book of 1 John. He has so much to say about love. He tells us that God is love. He tells us that don't say you love God if you don't love your brother. Again, love is proof. We can be ultra-religious and do all the right things, but if we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ, our love for God is nullified. That is a painful, painful concept. I cannot say I love God. And not love the people around me. And that gives us all a very high standard to live up to. Just thinking of the opening of 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I'm become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, and though I give my body to be burned, though I give my life as a martyr, if I do not love, if I do not choose to love God and choose to love others, it does not matter. Love has to be the motivation. And so again, love is proof that we are the disciples of Jesus. Number three, love has a source. In Galatians, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. All those good qualities in our lives are the fruit of the Spirit of God at work in our lives. They're a product of maturity in Christ. And love is a product of the Holy Ghost. In Romans 5, 5, it says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And this, I really feel, ties back to Bible reading and prayer. When we choose to sit with Jesus, when we choose what Jesus called that better part, we are accessing the source of love. Because we are told in the Bible that God is love. He gets to define it. It's his nature. And again, when we choose to sit with him, there's a transference of love that he gives us love that we could not manufacture on our own. It is a product of his spirit at work in our lives. Love, number four, love comes with the price tag. Real love is going to cost us something. Love isn't candy hearts and chick flicks. It's not butterflies in your stomach as the world would have us believe. But Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And we know Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice when it comes to love of shedding his blood, laying down his life for us. But he also calls us to lay down our lives. And it may be in little tiny ways. It might just be laying aside your preferences for somebody else's preferences. It could take a lot of different forms throughout just our normal daily lives. And not only is it a laying down of our rights and our preferences and our preferred way of doing things, but it comes with the price tag of obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And real love is gonna require expensive things of us at times. There's times where our natural desires are going to run contrary to the commands of God. And it is then that we get to express our love for him. It's then that I get to say, God, I choose your ways over mine. I choose obedience to your word rather than insisting on my way. And that's expensive. But our love to God is proven very simply by love to others and by obedience. It really is that simple. And my last point, number five, I just want to remind you that God loves you with an everlasting love, that he loves us while we're yet sinners, and that love doesn't just leave us in our sin, but it wants to see us changed. It wants to see us whole. It wants to see us restored and in right standing with him. And Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate us From the love of God, he says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And so I'm just going to reiterate those points very quickly. We have to properly define love. God is love. He has to own the definition of love. We have to find love in his word and allow his word to define love. Number two, love is the proof of our discipleship. Nothing else proves we're a disciple. We could quote the word of God backward, and it does not prove our love. It doesn't prove our discipleship. But love is the proof of our discipleship. Love has a source. We cannot manufacture it on our own. It is a product of the Spirit of God at work in our life. Love is going to come with a price tag. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you preferring others. And it's going to cost you obedience. And last of all, number five, God loves you endlessly and wants the best for you, wants to see you saved, and wants to see you whole. Jesus loves you. He wants to fill you with his spirit, which is absolutely the source of true love. And then he wants us to take his love and spread it to all of those around us. So just a few random thoughts on love today. And today I'm going to share a little journal entry called Loved Into Being. This was inspired by by a quote from mr rogers that says all of us have special ones who have loved us into being and i don't know if you've had the opportunity to see the video of mr rogers i think it was at the golden globes i can't remember which awards i don't really watch them but many years ago at the golden globe awards i believe mr rogers got up to accept a lifetime achievement award and he talked about all those who had been an influence in his life. And he said, all of us have special ones who loved us into being. And he had the crowd there that day. Take 10 seconds to think of those who had helped them get to where they were in life. And I will just say, I've had a lot of people that have loved me into being And Jesus has loved me into being. And so here's today's unedited entry, loved into being. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being, Mr. Rogers. Wow, do I love that quote. Wow, thank you, Mr. Rogers. I believe that there are many people just waiting for someone to tell them they can do it. Love pushes and gently prods. Love calls down the mountain to those behind it. You can make it and up the mountain to those ahead. Keep going, I'm following you. Love encourages, love lifts. Love shows another that they can be better, be all that God intended. Love does not coddle or enable, but gently shows that more is possible, that better is possible. Love sees others with eyes of what they can be, not what they currently are. Love sees the best and the bright spots. It's not that love does not recognize the challenges and limitations, for it does, but it sees them and knows they can be overcome. As Lewis Untmeyer said, Friendship is like love at its best, not blind, but sympathetically all-seeing a support which does not wait for understanding, an act of faith which does not need, but always has reason. Love is not blind, but sympathetically all-seeing. Love, true love, the kind that Mr. Rogers said loves us into being, reveals deficiencies and deformities and blemishes that distance did not reveal. Love sees the deficiencies, but does not focus on them. Love leads to the one who is love, for there is no deficiency or deformity beyond his help. I have been thinking the last few months or so of Solomon's words in Proverbs. Verse 1012 says, Love covers all sin. 1216 says, A prudent man covers shame. 17-9 says, He that covers a transgression seeks love but he that repeats a matter separates friends love covers love conceals if love sees something in another that is not favorable it does not share it with the closest ear love says that's not your best asset let's cover it with mercy love sympathetically sees the weakness but refuses to focus on it and ushers it into the presence of a great God who has never been intimidated by any deficiency or deformity brought to him. Love only reveals the dysfunction to the one who can help, the one who can heal. And at times, human help may be needed too, but love seeks human help delicately and wisely with the other's best interests at heart. This is what Jesus does for each of us. He covers us with robes of righteousness, Isaiah 60:10. He has covered me with the garments of salvation. He covers, he clothes. His love is what is seen, his love covers. I have not only been thinking of love covering, but of another aspect of love. I once heard someone say, humility shines the spotlight on others. The same can be said of love, and love and humility are so closely linked, for real love requires the other-centeredness of humility. Love covers others' weaknesses and highlights others' strengths. Love shines a spotlight on the beautiful places. Love looks for the best and overlooks the worst. Love does not simply push one out on the stage under the scrutiny of a glaring spotlight, but graciously chooses the strengths that can be highlighted. Just as a photographer would adjust lighting to accentuate the best and most beautiful aspects of his subject, So does love as it seeks areas to display. Love accentuates the best and the most beautiful in another. Love highlights the lovely and covers the unsightly. Love loves another into being. How I long to live a life marked by that kind of love. Lifting love, pushing love. Sympathetically, all-seeing love. Deep, undaunted love. This sort of love can only come from the one who is love. Love incarnate, love divine, love covered in flesh. Love that gave all he was so I could one day become all he is. It is his love and the love of those he has worked through in my life that have loved me into being. Thank you, Mr. Rogers. It truly is. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Sorry, I did not expect that I was going to cry. I have not been emotional at all this morning. But that quote just really makes me so thankful for the people in my life that have loved me through difficult times, who have made such a difference. The people that have loved me back to Jesus never underestimate the power of loving, unlovable people. I've had people love me when I was not lovable, and I've had a God who has loved me when I was not lovable, and I'm so incredibly thankful for the love of God and the love of others. Let's shine the love of Jesus. Let's shine the light of Jesus to a lost and dying and hurting world, and no matter where you are today, there is a God who loves you with an everlasting love love. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is Unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.